by the crass commercialization of Halloween? Nope. Halloween is supposed to be silly fun. Without crass commercialization, Halloween is just what? Old and harvesty time? Stacking bland, yellowish root vegetables in sheds? Like, speaking of bland, yellowish vegetables, where's Fred? A big hello to all you mystery solvers out there, and welcome to Heavy Metal, a podcast about Scooby-Doo. I'm your host, Ethan Brundine, and each week, myself and a guest will take you through a mystery from somewhere in the vast history of the greatest cartoon of all time. My guest this week is Chris, and the episode that we are going to be discussing is Halloween, simply called Halloween. Uh, It's Be Cool, Scooby-Doo, Season 2, Episode 7. Directed by John Carpenter, correct? Yeah, yeah, that's right. Um, uh, he he came out of retirement just for this, um, and I think you can really see his touch on the on the episode for sure. He really he really improved on the first Halloween <laughs> that pile of garbage to make this. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, yeah, it, it's come up. It's like believe it or not, this has actually come up on the show before. But uh, it's crazy that this episode is just called Halloween. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I was really baffled by that. Um, you think that a Scooby Doo, you think that Scooby Doo would have delved into that uh, territory before? How how many Halloween episodes are there? Because you sent me a few yeah, options. Yeah, uh, yeah. I mean, I approached you about being on the the heavy metal Halloween special, and uh, usually the guest gets to pick from any episode ever in the history. But I gave you, you know, all the Halloween episodes and said make your choice and i mean there's at least one for every show i think um so it rounds out to like 12 maybe 10 yeah i'd imagine i'd imagine it's fertile ground as (laughs) far as the uh as far as the plot of the show is concerned yeah i mean this is this is the time right this is the time to be watching scooby-doo that it's getting a little a little chillier out there it's a you know, if you live in a place, if you're lucky enough to live in a place where the, the leaves turn, then you get to see the, the turning of the leaves, and it's but I mean it's spooky time. And as we discover in this episode, what a thematically rich period yeah. for the for the uh, the mystery gang. What would you call them? Yeah, they're, they're the mystery gang, mystery incorporated. Sometimes, right? Of course, uh, of course. Yeah, yeah. They are they are of course uh, incorporated. They're a corporation. <laughs> yeah. There, do we ever? I'm, this is just going to be me asking you questions about how Scooby Doo works. Do we know where they live for what their deal is? They, they seem very transient. Yeah, to, be, what, to be sure. What a wonderful question. Um, usually, uh, if they are in one sedentary place, they're usually in the town of Coolsville. <laughs> um, sure. Yeah, which I. I is there from the very first episode? They say Coolsville, so uh, I guess um, that there's probably draft one in, on on the day back in 1969. They were like, "What do we call it? Uh, whatever." <laughs> um, but yeah. yeah, like the second choice was like Hip Catsville. Yeah, exactly. It's it's difficult to determine where that is exactly. Um, 
I think I've always thought of it as being somewhere um, on the mid-Atlantic coast of the United States, so like Maryland area, because they're uh, in at least in that first show they spend a lot of time in town, but then they obviously get in their car and drive places, so they're within driving distance of like a swamp and snowy mountains and things like that. Um, <laughs> mm, I see. Okay. This is starting to come together. Yeah. My gut was like New Jersey. Could be, yeah. Um, but but your general vicinity seems to make sense. Also, like, I mean, the classic is like Illinois, I feel like. That's where all the spooky stuff happens. Yeah, yeah but the only problem, it w- that would make the most sense, would be around there, Illinois or Ohio or something like that. But the problem is, is that uh, there's a coast, and they spend a lot of time right. on the coast. <laughs> uh, they go to the beach a lot? Yeah. Also, it could be... Um, it, it is confusing, but it really becomes a problem because uh, in Scooby-Doo, where are you? It, it, in the second season, it's clear that they've modeled the town after uh, uh, San Francisco. <laughs> um, ah. so, and it just, it, 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 it's, it's everywhere and nowhere at the same time, um, which is why it becomes, it's more helpful whenever after that they, they spend most of their time on the road just going to different places. Um, that, that, that's a lot easier to explain of yeah it also makes more sense because like there are only so many mysteries yeah. in a given town so it makes more sense that they would be like well we took rid of the got rid of the mummy in this town yeah exactly now let's move on to the vampire in the next town over yeah exactly it's not just there are a lot of mysteries there are there simply are not very many mysteries of people dressing up as monsters <laughs> um, that's not a usual thing i don't think that's ever happened uh where i live but maybe Mr. Inc.'s already been through there. Um, yeah, well, they've been at it for a long time, so you <laughs> yeah, can assume that for sure. in any given place that they've probably took take care of something. I mean, like, it usually takes them about a day for these, right? Yeah. So yeah. let's say they take, like, two weeks off out of the year, 50 weeks a year, 350 days. So, like, they've solved uh, in the in the area of 20,000 mysteries, I imagine. Yeah, yeah. Um, and never And never aged. <laughs> <laughs> exactly oh that was actually that was a question i had how old are they meant to be because in this episode not to uh tip the hand too early but shaggy and scooby are going trick-or-treating yes, and i was like isn't shaggy a little old for this so th- this is a great question because um in be cool scooby-doo we actually have a definitive answer for their ages in this uh in this iteration because usually the original pitch was that in like the the character bible for the original show or whatever um (laughs) they have it that shaggy is 18 fred is 17 daphne is 16 and velma is 15 which wow i don't know why they can't all just be the same age (laughs) that's how they had it originally um however there's another i I distinctly remember in another episode of be cool scooby-doo Velma clarifies that all of them are over the age of 18 in this iteration. <laughs> For legal reasons. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I believe it was a joke about them getting, uh, they could all be tried as an adult, um, was the implication in that episode. Right. But uh, yeah, it uh, <laughs> it is funny to, to clarify, yes, we're all over the age of 18. Just... Yeah, that's a, that's a classic uh, horror movie move. I was just watching Slumber Party Massacre last night. Yeah. And it's like the the movie opens with like 
you see a girl like taking a shower yeah. and like you see her breasts and everything and then like the next scene is like mom you remember that i'm 18 now it's <laughs> yeah. just like yeah. oh good save <laughs> good good save yeah for sure um but yeah, I think 18's a little old to go trick-or-treating, probably. <laughs> I would say very old. I mean, like, maybe he's doing it for Scooby's sake. Scooby can't be older than, like... he He's in single digits, I would imagine. Well, this is where we get into confusing territory as well, because in oh, uh, man. the episode that um, uh, Jesse most recently came on to discuss, which was Scooby's birthday, okay, happy ah. birthday and explained his origin story. Uh, in that, it is explained that Shaggy and Scooby are the exact same age. They were born on the same day. <laughs> so, which really complicates things a lot, I would say. <laughs> yeah, and I mean, even in Scoob, the great film that I'm sure you talk about and praise a lot on this podcast, yeah. um, Shaggy meets him as a child, yeah. so like he would be you know, at least like yeah. 10 years old. Yeah, yeah. Again... It's all it's all fluid. It means nothing. <laughs> and he's like a he's like a Great Dane. I don't really know about dogs. Yes, he's a Great Dane. Uh, very large dogs, which usually don't live to be very old. I would say the greatest Dane. Some would argue. Yeah. Um, what uh, what is what is your experience with Scooby Doo? Did you watch the cartoon when you were a kid? Yeah, I was trying to remember that when you mentioned it. I think so. Definitely. Um, it would come on, like, the original cartoon, I assume. I don't know the, the lore super well. But what I assume to be the original cartoon came on. And much like when, like, the Flintstones or the Jetsons or any other 60s cartoon came on, I would just be like, this sucks. <laughs> yeah. Uh, which is a, a fair gut reaction. But I also, I remember, like, the movies, which I believe are, like, a very prized era of the franchise, correct? Yes, for sure. Like, I remember seeing commercials for Zombie Island. The one I have definitely seen is Cyber Chase, which is very cool, in my opinion. Uh, And then I remember, like, right around the time I was aging out of cartoons, it felt like, um, there was, like, uh, What's New Scooby-Doo, I believe? Yes. Yeah. That was the Um, big comeback, for sure. Yeah, so that was like that, like just missed me. I think like I was like, oh, that's fun. They're sort of updating it. Uh, I remember, I think I saw Thirteen Ghosts of Scooby Doo. Which one is it? Where Scrappy Doo is like a main character? Uh, I mean, so many. <laughs> he was he was he was a vital part of Scooby Doo for like fifteen years. Uh, but yeah, he's definitely in Thirteen Ghosts for sure. Um, I think I think I've seen parts of that one. I remember Puppy Power was invoked yeah. and things of that nature. So like my, my I would never say I was a, a regular watcher, but I definitely, you know, I I picked up bits and bobs. And of course I saw the movies. I think I saw them both, if not in theaters then like a blockbuster rental, not to age myself here. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, of course. Um couldn't escape those. They were huge. Yeah, so more more of an osmosis uh, of Scooby Doo, not Osmosis Jones, another animated program. Do you ever think about how they made a cartoon of Osmosis Jones, like a TV show? Yeah, it was called Ozzy and Drix. Okay, <laughs> I'm not sure how long the uh, not sure how long the program ran, but it was it was purely animated. It, it's like how they made like RoboCop the animated series, yeah. or whatever. It's like 
This movie is not really... I guess that's kind of for kids. Osmosis Jones, I mean, it was already at least mostly animated, you know. Like, yes, but it's like it's like PG-13, right? Like, aren't there jokes about, like, we gotta make his dick bigger? <laughs> Osmosis Jones. I've, I mean, I could only... I don't, I, I don't know, but I can only imagine that there are at least three of them. <laughs> um, oh my gosh. Do you, okay. Can I just uh, get you to guess? Okay. Not to ape your podcast here, but can, do you, take a guess at the budget of Osmosis Jones and the box office gross of Osmosis Jones. Okay. Um, I'm going to say, I mean, big stars in that movie. Mm-hmm. Bill Murray, of course. Animation ex- is expensive. Um, mm-hmm. I'm going to say $30 million is the the budget for that um the budget is of course 70 million yeah okay i would definitely i thought it was lowballing for sure but it's like there's no way they'd spend that much on on, uh, on osmosis jones um then i'm this gonna guess the idea. the gross was like 80 <laughs> to be the box office 80 the million. box office of osmosis jones was of course 14 million Ooh, wow yeah that's unfortunate. They had to make a cartoon. They had to recoup all that money they spent uh, paying people to design Osmosis Jones. Yeah. Oh, Phil Lamar played Osmosis Jones. That's great casting in Ozzy and Drix. A great um, voice. But yeah, uh, I think also they make the person that they're inside a teenager instead. Of course, yeah. Which sort of makes it more like kid-friendly maybe. Yeah. But yeah, there's a lot of... Uh, a lot of fertile ground, in my opinion, of making, you know, it's inside the body. Yeah, yeah you the... can do all kinds of stuff. There's lots of parts of a body, is what I'm trying to say. <laughs> yeah, I, got, I understand. <laughs> um, so, we discussed an episode today of Be Cool Scooby-Doo, which, um, at the moment, is the last show... In which Scooby-Doo solves mysteries that has not been covered on this show yet. This is the last one remaining. Um, so I was wow. very happy that you picked it. Um, Breaking the seal. So what's? So I am qualifying. That's, that's a, yeah, I'm qualifying yes. because we have not because I recorded an episode that famously got lost. That was about uh, Shaggy and Scooby-Doo get a clue, which is a show. In which, oh, I remember that name. Yeah, it's a it's a disaster show in which there are no mysteries um, and uh, is just very annoying um and because that episode <laughs> got lost i i'm putting a, a, a flag in a line in the sand here that says uh, i will not never cover that show unless um wow the person who was on that episode wants to come back and discuss it because i i hate it so much and i just i don't want to do it <laughs> um i might i might now, i might be uh swayed the other another way but i don't know i don't see anybody wanting to discuss that show because it is been forgotten to time and is terrible <laughs> um, right and then now out of out of curiosity was scooby-doo or any member of his crew ever a wacky racer well that's the thing is that the other show uh that we have not discovered yet but i hope to discuss soon uh, i have something in the works for it but i don't know yet um it's called scooby-doo's all-star laugh olympics 
which is oh i remember yes. this it's not it's not wacky races it's not as good as wacky races but it is wacky races adjacent in that it is another um hanna-barbera all-stars show yeah um, based off of the battle of the network stars um so that right, might be getting covered soon i don't know yet i still have to approach the person i want on that episode uh to see if they're willing to do it but um we'll see yeah those those shows for whatever reason always compelled me more than the actual shows themselves like i remember being like because so i went to church as a child right and so it was a big thing that like the shows that aired on sunday mornings i would never see and i'm canadian so my schedule was different than than the norm so i remember wacky races was one that i always like wanted to see like it seemed so fascinating to me. And then the other big one I remember was Ben 10. Oh, as so a show that aired good. So good. As like, like, I was like, this is right up my alley. This sounds so cool. But it airs like Sunday mornings at 10 a.m. And I'm literally never, ever going to see it. And I never did. And I've never watched it. So, so what you're saying is that Jesus kept you from watching Ben 10. Pretty much. <laughs> and like, to be fair, that's a very... I'm sure you could find some Satanist influences in that show, you know? It's all about, uh, it's all about aliens. Yeah, exactly, yeah. Um, ben Tim, I loved that show so much as a kid. Um, you would have thought it was rad, that's all I can say, is that you missed out. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it seems like a real slam dunk. Yeah. Uh, Be Cool, Scooby-Doo, is... I'm just going to assume that you did not watch the show as it was airing in 2015 as an adult. <laughs> No, I was. I saw that it uh, parts of it were straight to boomerang. Yes, uh, in fact, this episode I think would have be in that because they they simply just gave up on the second season. They produced a full twenty six episodes and were like, "Wait, wait a minute! We made a show that is not uh, Teen Titans Go, and we're showing <laughs> it on. We're going to show that on TV. We can't do that." It's, Take that out, take that out, scrap it, scrap it. Um, so even though they had made 26 episodes, they did not air them on Cartoon Network. <laughs> um, scrap it, do. Yeah. Uh, so this is definitely the... Uh, this is an interesting period in um, Scooby-Doo history. It has already been forgotten, I would say. Um, it, it's definitely the most underrated, I would say. Uh, simply because mm. I didn't watch it as it was airing, because a lot of people who would have been the uh, target audience, um, saw the art style, <laughs> which was released right. first, and went, that looks hideous, and probably the show will be very bad, and did not watch it. Um, yes, I did have a note here very early on that said, I like that they kept with the tradition of the animation looking like dog water. Yeah, it really is impressive. Um, just, because like, they just look so ugly. <laughs> they they look like a very like like the first vibe I got was like um there's a little bit of gravity falls in there maybe not that I've ever seen that yeah, but like yeah. my first my first vibe was like this is airing on Fox as part of the animation domination block but it's like one of the shows that no one remembers it's it, an Alan yeah, Gregory type were, animation you're so right it looks like it looks like an, it was made to be an adult animation cartoon because you know as we all know cartoons for adults can't look good they have to look ugly no. um, yeah but yeah it's it is ugly the problem but the problem is is that I do think it's a good show um uh 
I have my problems with it, but in general, I've liked most of what I, I've I, I eventually watched it on Boomerang, and I liked uh, liked the show. I think it has a lot of funny jokes and things, um, but I do have a lot of issues with it as well. Um, some which yeah. we'll we'll get into as they come up in the uh, in our discussion here. Um, yeah, there are at least two jokes that I specifically wrote down as being very funny, which I will not spoil yet. But which is, it, I mean, impressive for a, a a children's cartoon. You know, you don't always get that. <laughs> yeah, I like. There's a certain. I think there's a certain flavor of humor that feels very like 2010s animated series, yeah. and like, it, I think if you're an adult, it just kind of hits your ear wrong. Yeah. Yeah. Like a certain, it's hard to, like, it's a bit of, like, well, that happened, uh-huh. or well, that just happened type humor, but, like, there is a certain brand of humor that's just like, okay. Very, but, yeah, you very, know, uh, winky, like, like, yeah, we know but what, if you're not, what's like, going on or whatever. Yeah, but if you're not, like, like, so a good example, I think, is the scene with the one from the hotel who's like, mm. I don't like shenanigans or goings on, you're about to do a shenanigans, it's like, okay but then it's like if you're a kid that's probably funny and you're not like heavily like poisoned by the world exactly it's it's the thing is that it isn't even it isn't a joke but the meter of it to a child sounds funny (laughs) (laughs) it's true it isn't really a joke it's just like she's saying the word shenanigans and that's the joke yeah exactly um so let's go ahead and and discuss uh be cool scooby-doo season two episode seven halloween um, yes, a, a short film with a cold open. Yeah, a, a, a really fun cold open, I thought. Um, it's a Halloween night, and we're following young Fred, who is... Uh, you know, at first I thought it was interesting that um, it was just young Fred, you know? Because, like, uh, this would be a prime time. They do it in Scoob, right? Where we... That's how... Uh, the gang met right. was on Halloween when they were all kids. Um, pup named Scooby-Doo, we know that they were friends as kids. Uh, so I thought it was interesting that it, they were establishing in this iteration that they weren't friends as kids. But then later on, Fred says that he was visiting his cousin, Scott. <laughs> in another town. Yeah, so yes. and plausible so, deniability so these, there. <laughs> so these two characters, I'm not meant to know, no, right? they're nobodies, yeah. That's that seems crazy. Yeah, yeah. Uh, that they just, like, invented two characters and then just, like, threw them in. A, a skeleton and a ship captain. Exactly, yeah, yeah. Fred's hanging out with with a girl dressed as a skeleton and, uh, and a boy dressed as a, a ship captain, which is every kid's uh, dream Halloween costume, of course. Um, well, and, and Fred is dressed as a Nordic detective. He's dressed as Bjorner Krag from the Nordic... Uh, <laughs> detective series frostbitten twice shy which sure so essentially he is solving the case of the snowman killer yeah, is exactly. my, what i took from it yeah yeah he's 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 dressed in a in as a harry hole yeah exactly <laughs> i was i was taking a sip of water and had to gulp it down so that i could be the first one to get to the harry hole pole really great i mean just it's stuff. really crazy. It's it's a crazy that that's his name. Uh, have you seen that movie? The Snowman. I regrettably, regrettably have not seen The Snowman. I I really want to watch it. It's got to be good mm-hmm. for sure. Um, 
I mean, that's the one where, the, like, before the movie came out, the director was like, I literally did not get to finish the movie, <laughs> right? Yeah, <laughs> like, that's, a, that's a heavy uh, disavowed in, in during the press junket type movie. Always a great sign whenever somebody involved with the making of the movie is shit-talking it before it even comes out. <laughs> right. Yeah, just great. Um, I thought this was a funny joke. It made me laugh. I was like, "This is a that's a weird quirk for a kid to have. Uh, tracks with Fred's weird personality. Um, I actually have a question for you, um, because the concept of Fred having a personality is a very uh, modern concept. <laughs> um, do you, like, Do you think of Fred as being a character with interests and... Uh, and feelings yeah i mean i feel like in terms if i when i think of fred i don't really think of him as having any like characteristics particularly i think that like but i think a lot of people's image of fred in in our generation was informed by the movies which feel like they're sort of like all there it's like a metatextual reading of fred where it's like he is putting on that he is like the guy and he has the ascot and all of this stuff but he is actually like a very like very preening very sort of shallow guy and i think that is like a very funny take on him but maybe not a take that like lasts over the course of like an extended cartoon series yeah i mean they 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 basically invented characters for fred and daphne for that movie that did not exist before because they were simply not characters before that point <laughs> um, which i like the uh i like the fred characterization more than i like the daphne characterization in those movies even though i do love sarah michelle geller and think she's good in it i think that the um the sort of girl poweriness is just as shallow yeah. as if she did not have any characterization at all you know, you know what i mean um yeah, it's sort of that that early 2000s era had a very specific brand of character where it was like that it's like it's almost progressive in a way because it's like well, women can still be feminine yeah. but also like be strong. So like I'm thinking of like Scooby-Doo, Charlie's yes, Angels is a big so. one, yeah. a movie I don't like. I mean, even Josie and the Pussycats has it to some extent, but that's also sort of subverting it at the same time. But this this idea that it's like Oh, they're into makeup, but they also kick ass. Yeah, yeah. And it's just like it is a little frustrating because, like, it's still like it's still presenting women in a very like infantilizing way, yeah. and like, and then like trying to get away with it by being like, "No, our women are actually very strong characters." And like, I feel like people have tried to reclaim like a movie like Charlie's Angels, which was directed by Mick G, as like. A piece of, as like a feminist work, and it's just like I can't quite get there. Yeah, you gotta, you 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 have to stretch your mind to believe that, um, which is fine. Um, if that's what it takes to yeah. get you to enjoy the movie, then by all means, I don't want you to not enjoy this. Movie. Yeah, exactly. Um, it re- it requires a lot of faith in like both Hollywood and specifically McGee. Yeah, I do. I, guess, I do personally think that Charlie's Angels is one of the most, um, uh, like regressive movies i've ever seen (laughs) (laughs) it yeah i find it i found it abhorrent yeah and i was surprised that it has its defenders but i guess like you know there is something if you were a certain age when that came out i understand like that too it's it's important to you but yeah not good yeah (laughs) um 
But yeah, in uh, in for, for like the past ten years or so, they've sort of uh, moved Fred into a position of just being like a dad character, kind of. Um, uh, be, simply because Frank Welker just sounds like a dad because he's so much older than everybody else. <laughs> yes, <laughs> which is I had nice. I had something written down here. Um, well, the first thing I wrote was that is Fred sounds like he's being voiced by Mark Hamill. Yeah, yeah. They're they're similar ages. I can't remember which one's older than the other, but yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. And then I and then I googled it and was like, "Oh, it's literally the same guy yes, yeah. that it has literally always been." It's, and that is crazy. It's it's, it's iconic. Um it's insane that he has been doing it for 50 years. Um it will be sad when he stops, which will surely be very soon, I can only imagine. Because, um, like, that's a long time. <laughs> yes. <laughs> um, but, you know, he's still... The, the crazy thing is that he really does still sound mostly the same. Yeah, and it's like he... Isn't he also, like, Megatron? Uh, yeah, he's a Transformer of some kind. I don't know. I'm not a Transformers person, but yeah. I think he might have been... The original or the second voice of Megatron, like, also voiced that character for a really long time. It's weird that, I guess, Casey Kasem retired, right? And that's why he was replaced? He, he retired, yeah. Um, he, and, like, he, he he was in Mystery Inc. as Shaggy's dad. He would have a few lines every now and then, and he mm. well, he was sounded very, very old. Like, there was no chance right. he could continue doing that. Um, right. It's just interesting to me that, like, those characters, or those actors, like were given the opportunity to maintain that role for so long yeah, yeah. Uh, and then already we have matthew lillard getting replaced yeah and well frank welker was replaced too zach efron with with fred in the in scoop oh, right oh scoop what a what a i'm sure you've talked about it before yeah. but what a dreadful movie <laughs> yeah, just awful <laughs> um anyway back to the episode <laughs> you've Yes, my apologies. No, you're good. We just we've made it about thirty seconds in. <laughs> so they uh, they they these three kids f- find their way into the woods and they find an abandoned house in the woods. Um, they're they're dumb kids, so they think that th- this abandoned house is going to have candy. Um, they mm-hmm. uh, they approach and it is in fact does not have candy, but it is inhabited by a floating green witch. Can, uh... Yes, I, I actually, I want to back up briefly, if I may. Go ahead. What it is also inhabited by, the first thing that they see when they enter the house is a metal can of raisins. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Which is not <laughs> a real thing, I don't think. <laughs> um... It's just like, and like, it rolls out as if it's like a can of like tomato soup yeah. or whatever. But then they look at it, it's like, oh, raisins, the famous hated Halloween treat. Yeah. But it's like, imagine just popping the tab off a metal can, <laughs> opening it up, and it's just full of raisins. That, that, I mean, that's a lot of raisins, right? Like, like when you get those, like, tiny little sun-made cartons or whatever, you're always like, this will never yeah. be enough raisins. And then you... And then it's, it's too very, many raisins. It's very much enough raisins. Um, so, like, imagine, like, 15 boxes worth of those in a can. Um, yeah and then i was and i was like oh like maybe they're like in water because like that's uh, how you would like you know if it's like chickpeas or whatever and i was like wait i'm describing grapes yeah. <laughs> hydrated a wet, raisins, a wet yeah. raisin <laughs> um but I, I apologize that's just something that really really stuck out to me i like the witch's design um 
Mm-hmm. It's kind of it is weird to think, but with the exception of the witch's ghost, the movie, um, mm-hmm. we've never had a classically just Halloween witch in a in as the central antagonist of a Scooby Doo episode. Um, which is crazy That's insane. that they made it. To, like, they had had witches, right? They're, yeah, they're, but I, well, more I guess like I am. I I. There is one in 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 uh, in the original series that looks basically like a Halloween witch, but like the green skin and the and the and the the broom is the central thing I'm I'm focusing on here. Mm-hmm. The fact that it, that there's a witch that flies on a broom, we simply have not had that other than the witch's ghost. Um, and it's cool. It's cool seeing her fly around. You know, it's fun. Yeah, it feel it feels very like just very classical. Yeah, like. I like her hair. I like that she has like the it's like a short sleeved dress and she has like bandage wraps for sleeves. Yeah. That's a cool element. And then obviously the fact that her broom spits green fire. Also very cool. Which ends up being uh being explained later, but it's it's all it's all good. And like it's like a very I think that almost that's what you would want out of Scooby Doo, especially yeah. like in this day and age that it's like very classical renderings of classic monsters but like they don't feel dated yeah i agree because like i mean the with the 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 the, uh i guess the uh the temptation is to make some is to come up with a monster that they haven't done before right um which Mm -hmm. is always very hard (laughs) to do um and they do that they've really been delving into that um with be and be cool they do that but they definitely do it in the in the the boomerang guest show uh the, the monsters in that are ridiculous simply um like just no, like nothing you you would ever expect like like the mark hamill episode has them running away from a giant f- fox and it's like what is this what who who came up with this this isn't scary it's not a monster that i recognize um i'm a big proponent that in every in every um scooby-doo series there should be a vampire episode there should be a witch episode, uh, a wolfman, a mummy. You know, like like get the get the the classic stuff in every time. I think yeah, definitely. That's what you want to see. You know, I mean, that's those are the monsters. Show me the monsters. Yeah, and I think like it's it's strange because I think for kids, like especially as time goes on, like I think it was true in our childhood as well, and is becoming increasingly true that like everything. Like, as each successive iteration comes out, it feels like it's referencing things that came before. And so, like, it just gets so bogged down in, like, the tropes of it almost. Because, like, like I'm sure the Scooby-Doo monsters that we saw, like, oh, it's like, oh, like, this is, like, a callback to, like, the Universal monsters. Yeah. And it's like, I've never seen any of those movies. Yeah. But, like, I, and so it's like, my only knowledge of those characters is from people referencing back to the Universal monsters. And so if you have something now that's referencing back to like old Scooby-Doo cartoons, which are inter- like, it's like, it's like successive photocopies of the same idea. And then like eventually it just gets ridiculous. So yeah. I almost feel like presenting the characters in like a very like straight and like with that like non-referential yeah. way. And I guess this does have some references to like folklore to some extent. But like it feels, it feels classic in a way that I think like timeless works because it's like yeah, it's like yeah, like let's show kids a classic 
witch it is and just yeah, have that be the character that is something that i absolutely love about halloween episodes is um that if it's a halloween episode of a tv show nobody's ever going or like a, a movie set at halloween where people are dressed up they're never dressed up as like iron man you know and they're always dressed mm-hmm. up which is what kids would be dressed up you know i don't live somewhere where there are trick-or-treaters but i imagine they're all you know superheroes and like you know i don't know whatever the cartoon that the kids are watching right now you know it's all licensed costumes that's what i would have worn when i was a kid too you know like i went as harry potter or whatever um but, but like whenever you watch uh these halloween episodes it's it's a uh of like a sitcom or whatever it, it is alluding to the 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 platonic ideal of halloween which is everyone's just like right. a vampire or a witch or or, or a cat a, a cat exactly yeah <laughs> um yeah or or it's like the office whatever where it's like funny joke costumes which is what it is in this episode too um they uh yeah uh so so yeah back back to the the, the episode they find the witch uh they run away they and uh the witch says run younglings run away i'll find you another day a little bit of yeah she <laughs> she she sometimes rhymes she sometimes rhymes the same word with itself like i noticed one time like she rhymed me with me and i was <laughs> like well sure it's 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 hard coming up with speaking only in rhyme that's difficult you know it's why we yeah we especially like that. yeah especially like this woman is just improvising basically like <laughs> Yeah, it's funny to think about playing a Scooby Doo monster as like a complex improv role where like you can never break character. Yeah, um, they they do stumble across the police and ha- and take them back to the woods because you know they've just been terrorized by a a woman. You know, that's no, that's not cool. Uh, a grown adult <laughs> scaring these kids—that's a crime. <laughs> sure. And uh, they bring the police to the woods, and the house has vanished. Yes. Uh, I, well, I don't want to spoil it, but I, I was confused as to how this fits into the ultimate, the revealed goal of the witch that we find out at the end of the episode. Yeah, I mean, I guess we'll, we, we'll get into it when we, when we get there, because it's just, yeah. it's, it's too much to unpack right now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I'm, I'm but just I, prolonging but... the eventually having to discuss it makes sense of that <laughs> but yeah you're right it is uh and also logistically the explanation for it is uh is to, right. does make you scratch your head at this point but it's a great ending to a cold open for sure yeah and then this theme song i wanted it to be longer it's very short yeah and i was like i was kind of rocking out because like don't they sometimes like wasn't didn't some forty one do a uh, you were thinking or of you're thinking of simple plan did the uh, different Canadian rock band yeah yeah they did the uh, the what's new Scooby Doo theme song yeah um, yeah and like this one like it feels it's it's like the same as what we were talking about with the witch like it feels modern yeah but also like has a very classical vibe to it no lyrics helps a lot um, you know yeah maybe without putting it into a place in time like the uh, Shaggy and Scooby Doo theme song get a clue that, as I talked about earlier, has the most dog shit, like two thousands. <laughs> like we're we're, uh, uh, just like, we found somebody who kind of sounds like 
fallout boy to get us to do a song and it's, oh. it's terrible terrible <laughs> um but uh but yeah like if you look at like the the old theme song feels very 60s the what's new feels oh, yeah. very 2002 right like it just mm-hmm. those fit into a place in time but this one has no uh has no way nobody singing yeah um totally <laughs> Back in the present time, as we mentioned before, Shaggy and Scooby are making plans to go um, trick-or-treating. And uh, their costumes are, simply put, interesting choices. <laughs> I, I thought this was funny, personally. Yeah, th- uh, yeah, it is. It just was like, <laughs> like, not something I would ever think of, I guess. Um, Scooby is going as a vending machine. Um which is fun, and uh, yeah, and looking looking at it now, it does seem very painful that a he'd be walking on. I guess he can walk on his hind legs, right? That's established. Like, yeah, but I guess I mean he doesn't prefer to. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. And but then and then also, his arms or front legs are like he's in a T pose. Yeah, he's like T pose. He's like like in in medieval like stock and pillocks but like in a t-pose <laughs> so. yeah and so it's just like oh he's just he's basically like torturing himself yeah. the entire night um he also says vending vidi vici which is yeah. the first of the two jokes i wrote down well well it's being very funny i wrote down what shaggy says about him he is dressed up as a pocket <laughs> just a pocket uh, yeah so he can be you could just dump the candy into the pocket but he says uh Fill me up, no questions asked. <laughs> so yeah, I wrote that down because I figured you would like to hear. I it didn't. Again. I didn't catch that the first time, so I'm glad that you specifically called that out. His costume doesn't really track as a pocket, you know. It, uh, no, you would have to know that it's a pocket. Kind of looks sure. like he's dressed as a dreidel. <laughs> a little bit. Yeah, it's got. It's got like it's. It looks denim. And it's got that sort of, that V shape that's often on a pocket. Like, yeah. it, when you say, it's a classic, when you say what the costume is, someone's like, oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. Um, but, okay. This is going to be a long episode. Because now we have to talk about Velma. Um, <laughs> and her admiration of the Gaelic tradition. Simply, this has come up before. But now I, I actually have have to talk about it because we're talking about Be Cool Scooby Doo. Um, I really hate this characterization of Velma. I think it's borderline a character assassination. <laughs> um, it is. Whoa. It's because she was she was the 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 star of um, Scooby Doo Mystery Incorporated, which is the show everybody likes and came on was the one before this, right? Um, that one really gave her new uh, new. Um, I don't know, depth to her character. And even before that, when she didn't have any depth, everybody likes Velma, right? She's just, she's, yeah. she's, she's nice, she's smart, um, she solves the mysteries. But then in this iteration, they decide, what if we removed every positive quality that Velma has and gave her terrible, terrible personality? Because <laughs> um, she's, she's, so negative in this show she never says anything positive she's in she's a know-it-all without like not in like a a i don't know a cheeky fun way she's just 
and she's mean to her to these people who are supposed to be her friends and mm-hmm. like she's just annoying <laughs> yeah because like usually usually velma's intelligence like like you said like it's the definition of a know-it-all where like someone will just throw in information that is not really relevant to the situation although it ends up being extremely relevant shockingly yeah um, but there's a way to do like, that without making it um actually, which is what this is. Yeah, and like literally they're just talking about how they like candy, which is a very normal thing to do on Halloween. And she's like, yeah, guys, actually Halloween's not about candy. It's about the druidic festivals. Yeah, yeah. And it's just like, yeah, that's true. But also everyone knows that Halloween is about candy. Yeah. And so you like, <laughs> you negging them about candy is just not a cool look on you, Velma. You're just party pooping, Velma. Yes. And she does. Precisely. And they, they, this is her thing. They give her something in every episode to be a, a, a like this about, <laughs> and it's so annoying. <laughs> it's so unnecessary, um, and it also does not help that um, this, she's voiced by Kate Micucci, who I do not think is uh, very talented as a voice actor. Um, mm. She simply is one note the entire time. Uh, she has no variation in her line readings. Uh, it, so it just comes off as, as flat and obnoxious, in my opinion. Um, yeah, she doesn't really have, like, the sort of... the sardonic... Vel- yes. Like, I feel like Velma... The, the, the What I like about Velma often is that, like, she, she is the only one, usually, who, like, understands what's happening yeah. to any degree, and, but then, like, kind of gets, like, walked over by, like fred and shaggy and scooby and so she is sort of like long suffering in that way despite being smart and so like i feel like yeah making her like the one that's like raining on the parade rather than her being like this is the right thing to do but everyone else is like actively turning away from this is maybe the issue so i just thought of this and i think it's true that the key to velma's character is jinkies is the I'm, oh, I just figured something out, and I'm excited to share it with you. Not mm-hmm. you're a not you're a moron. Here's why you're wrong. <laughs> you know, it's uh, it's wow. Look at this this clue I found on the ground. This means this. You know, not um, just blatantly explaining things to the camera. Basically, um, I don't know. I just it's a bummer. It, it bums me out every time I watch Be Cool Scooby Doo. I'm like, this is this is not great. And Mikuchi has stuck around. I think she's gotten a little bit better. Also, they've ditched this characterization going forward. Um, so she at least has that going for her now, is that she's not playing a character that I hate. <laughs> um, but yeah, I do think she's she just... This was her the for, first voice stuff she ever did, and I don't think she was as equipped to do it as these veteran vo- voice actors who are playing her counterparts. <laughs> um, right. But... Anyway, as you say, she's being uh, a Debbie Downer about Halloween, and uh, Daphne shows up, and she's very excited about Halloween. And the, uh, as we all are, we all love Halloween, you know. Sure. Um, Daphne's the kind of the star of this show. They they put a lot of work into making her fun, and uh, I like her. I like her a lot in this show. I think she's great. Yeah. See, I. It's interesting because I never think of any characters other than Shaggy and Scooby as the star. Yeah. Maybe that's just my uh, my perspective on the matter. Well, th- I will say this. Um, this is not 
a typical episode of Be Cool Scooby-Doo. Um, usually, every episode, Daphne usually has some sort of a, a thing that she's doing, like uh, like a new a new quirk or hobby that she's picked up that uh, okay. episode. Like, like, one episode, she's um, she's got a puppet that she's carrying around and, and talking to the puppet. <laughs> sure. Like one, she's, uh, she's a mime and stuff like that. So like they, they make her, they try to make her be a, a standout character in addition to obviously Shaggy and Scoopy, who are always the star of the show. Um, yeah, but this is a Fred centric episode, which is abnormal. Um, they, uh, you know, they check in on Fred and he's refusing to leave his house because it's, uh, it's Halloween, and he never leaves the house on Halloween. Um, and yeah, really, really digging into Fred's pathos here. Yeah, yeah. I I thought this montage explaining his his hatred of Halloween was very funny. <laughs> yes, he he pulls off the Abe Lincoln mask, and it's a child. Yeah. <laughs> the joke is that uh, he hates Halloween because he can't solve a mystery on Halloween because everybody's wearing a mask, um, and they do like a, yes. a montage of him like unmasking bunches of children on, on Halloween night, uh, which just made me laugh. I was like, this is a fun angle on this that we've never seen before. What a, what a funny joke. Of course, everybody's dressed up as a monster on Halloween. It's it's a problem. Yeah, that's the same, and it's the same thing as the Halloween movie, where it's like, yeah. the whole reason that a scary killer guy can go around is because no one thinks twice about a scary killer guy on Halloween. Um... Another thing I really like in this montage, and I like in like any other sort of like flashback sequences in any form of media, is when you flashback, like Community did this a lot as a joke and it was always good, where like you would flashback to another time and like everyone's in a certain outfit. Yeah. And so you're flashing back to different Halloweens and you see their different Halloween costumes. Uh, the one I know, there's one where they're all like medieval characters. Yeah. Like, I think Scooby's a knight, and they're sort of wearing, like, princess dresses and things like that. And then I'm looking at the other one right now, which is Scooby's a cowboy, uh, and he's wearing four cowboy boots. Very cute. Shaggy Shaggy is a hula dancer <laughs> yeah. and has a coconut bra and a flower in his hair. Uh, Daphne is a unicorn, and Velma is Albert Einstein, yeah. which, you know, of course, knowing Velma. <laughs> but that's good. At least you dressed up that time. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's true. No one, it, it, no one dresses up except Daphne. Oh, well, and I guess Shaggy, Shaggy and Scooby are in their their vending machine and pocket costumes. You know, yeah, sorry, sorry. Um, yeah, uh, <laughs> um, do we get an explanation for why Velma? Because it's like, oh, Fred makes sense. He hates Halloween. He's not going to dress up. Velma hates the commercialization of Halloween. Right, the crass commercial. But come on, yeah, she's doing the 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 charlie brown christmas thing but for halloween um which doesn't work as much because <laughs> halloween is an implicitly commercial holiday <laughs> like there's not there's not a a like with christmas you have you know if you want to go with the the, the obviously the origins around the christmas or the christian definition of christmas or you have the, the just the spirit of giving right but then uh yes with, with halloween it's just no this is when you dress up and go to parties or if you're a kid you go out and get candy <laughs> like that's yeah it's like is. if it's if it's not about candy then it's about doing bad tricks on people <laughs> yeah, it does not stand for anything 
yeah, there's no like there's no positive reading of Halloween. Like even her defense is like, oh, it's about the f- autumn equinox, and it's like, okay, yeah, what do you want me to like, do? <laughs> like I'm supposed to be like, oh, you're right, it should be about the harvest. We should be reverent about, about what Halloween's yeah. really about. We're gonna be reverent about the moon today. <laughs> yeah. Um. <laughs> Daphne gets into costume. As we said, mm-hmm. she's just a zombie Velma, which I, I loved this. I love this outfit. I think it's very fun. Yes, it's a good bit. It's a very Daphneization of Velma's outfit yeah. where the skirt is shorter. Somehow the skirt is even shorter than it already is. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And like, uh, and she says something to the effect of like, I'm the, I'm, <laughs> she has like a funny explanation. Yeah, she of says why she's she dress- dressed. I'm dressed up as you. If you decided to be fun and dress up as a zombie. <laughs> <laughs> right which is very funny uh they go out into the uh out into the neighborhood um th- this is not in coolsville which is interesting <laughs> um the, i don't know why they right. decide they decided to not just have this be where they live <laughs> but instead and it's also not the city where they where fred was as a yes, kid right yeah yeah no they are just for some reason staying at a hotel in some random town for halloween um, yes, they're the spend the night in. Yeah, which is a good a good pun. I like that. Sure, it's funny because you know Fred doesn't want to leave the house. He wants to stay at the spend mm. the night in. He wants to spend the night in. It's good. I like. Sure. I'm explaining the joke to you. Why it's good? I liked it. <laughs> <laughs> sure. Um, but yes, they have left the hotel to go trick or treating. Fred's freaking out. Basically, like having a panic attack and all the children in masks. Um, uh, and then things get worse because he sees yeah. the haunted house from his chest. Yeah, which is, which is a crazy coincidence. Yeah. <laughs> I also would be freaked out, I think. <laughs> yeah, it is, it is one of those weird things to think about. It's like, oh, there's no reason why, like, they're in this specific town. Like, there's no connection between the mystery ink being there and the witch being there like they it just happened to they just happened to both be there and there's no connection between like fred seeing the house when he was a kid and fred being there now like it's all it's all completely unconnected yeah um but it is fun to have a personal connection to the mystery which is very Mm -hmm. very like 99% of the time not the case <laughs> um, it's usually yes. they have stumbled onto this but like having that that drive helps this I think a lot of him you know. and fear exactly yeah um, Shaggy and Scooby do the same thing the, the foolish children do which is they think oh well nobody's going to this house so they must have a lot of candy um, they go and uh, yeah it's a uh, it's the Believe it or not, it's haunted by a witch. Yes, uh, and oh, this is this is a little after, but I like when Shaggy and Scooby get upset yeah, that yeah. they're <laughs> yeah the the, the <laughs> witch chases them and uh, and and for some reason decides to chase Fred, Daphne, and Velma instead of Shaggy and Scooby, <laughs> and uh, and they get indignant about that, which was a funny joke because like they're they're the ones who always get chased. Yes, they they are they're very protective of their victimhood, yeah. <laughs> which I found very funny. But they do get the chance to do their um their uh their little bit where they distract the 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 witch uh by 
Yes. Bye. This is my favorite part of the episode. Oh, good, good. By far. Yeah. Were there marketing cereal to this this witch? Yes, where they're they're selling I can't believe it's not the fear of children. Yeah. <laughs> because that is what the witch feasts on. Uh, it also opens with uh like she pulls back some like rugs hanging on a clothesline, which I was very Halloween esque to me. Yeah. yeah. Uh but yes, the <laughs> I can't believe it's not the fear of children, which is for some reason a cereal. Yeah. Uh there's there's like ten good jokes in here. There's some other I can't believe it's not that they mention. Um and then they say at the end, I can't believe this worked, which is also good. Yeah, I mean like it's good. any any I can't believe it's not jokes I will always find funny. Yeah. But this one particularly, I can't believe it's not the fear of children it's, because yeah. that's what she eats. It's fine, it's fine. Um uh yeah it is funny that it's a cereal um it reminds me of uh do they have like this is probably a stupid question but do they have like frankenberry and all of that in uh in canada Mm. i don't know if we do because like i know about that like i know like count chocula booberry or whatever yeah um it's a, so, like, I know all that, but I don't think I've ever seen... Interesting. Because Count Chocula is, like, the popular Count one, Count Chocula right? is the big one. Um, it's just, it's just like, a chocolate cereal. Chocolate. <laughs> um, yeah, I don't, I don't think I've ever seen Count Chocula. Frankenberry is the one that, uh, that, um, I have, like, a sense memory of the taste of that one. Because it has, like, it has, uh... It's like the Frankenberry or Booberry have, um, like stale marshmallows in them and like mm. like that is a taste that will never leave your mouth like as a yeah the lucky charms exactly. taste yeah yeah i don't think speaking of Hanna barbera i don't think we have fruity pebbles either interesting interesting those are good and those that still exists right yeah fruity pebbles are good uh i highly recommend fruity pebble rice krispie treats wow oh that does sound good yeah yeah i was never i was not a sugar cereal child I see. And I'm trying to, like, my, actually, my go-to would be either Fruit Loops or Corn Pops, I actually really like. Corn Pops, yeah. Corn Pops are fun. Very, very underrated cereal in my mind. And, like, that would probably, like, if I were going to have a cereal, a sugar cereal today, I would probably either go for, like, something chocolate, like Reese Puffs. Yeah. I've yeah. always been very intrigued by. I think don't think I've had them more than, like, once or those twice. Are those are, those I, are are my go-to if i'm gonna get a, a sugary cereal which i very rarely do <laughs> yeah i can't really remember the last time i had a sugar cereal but a corn pop would also very underrated and also brought back into the mainstream by joe biden <laughs> <laughs> that's right that's right uh- <laughs> <laughs> his friend coming up next it's be cool scooby-doo you know i think this is a good time to take a break uh from the mm-hmm. uh plot and to play a little game um so this game is called Scooby or Not Scooby. Oh. <laughs> and uh I mean, yes. <laughs> and the the way this game works is I've got a series of titles for you, some of which will mm-hmm. be titles of Scooby-Doo episodes, and some of which will be the titles of something else. And the theme this week is is it a Scooby-Doo episode or the a Halloween special of a Disney Channel show. Oh, okay, okay. I don't feel at all confident in this, but I feel ready to take on the challenge. All right, great. We'll see how you do. Lights, camera, monster. 
Oh, okay. Oh, <laughs> I've already, I've already bamboozled. I think that. Oh, but the the invocation of monster is the one thing that makes me think. And these are, you can tell me or not tell me this, but are these Disney Channel animated shows? Uh, mixture of both. Okay. Because I feel like Lights, Camera, Monster, like if there was a Disney Channel show that was about like making a TV show, that could be something. But I think I think I'm gonna go with Scooby Doo. This is an episode or, of wait, what a, a pup named oh, yeah, Scooby Doo. Scooby Doo. Uh, pup named Scooby Doo. I do have synopses for all of these. Please. Uh, this is in which Freddy is filming his own movie at the local mall. But when the kids encounter a thief stealing from the stores dressed as the movie character Stinkweed. The real actor hires them to prove his innocence. The movie character Stinkweed. Yeah, yeah. I can't wait to see Stinkweed three. <laughs> yeah, is he a monster? Yeah, he's a monster. By the, well, by the title. Yeah, yeah, come on. <laughs> wait, is this Scooby Doo villain some kind of monster or something? <laughs> that's the spirit. That that's a Disney Channel. Yes, this is a Phineas and Ferb episode. Uh, Halloween night and the kids encounter a boy named Russell who is convinced his house is haunted. Meanwhile, Dr. Doofenshmirtz's disdain for grass causes him to invent a mind transferinator, enabling him to merge minds with a cow and destroy all the grass in the tri-state area. What? That, that's a bad plan, I will say. <laughs> yeah, not, not, a great, not a great idea. Uh, maybe he had just seen stinkweed and that made him hate uh, grass. Um, if he hates so he's gonna eat the grass yes that he hates grass I couldn't tell you I don't remember that episode I'm sure there's an explanation in the episode a very scary story that is Disney Channel yes this is from Even Stevens Ah. At Halloween, something weird is going on at school. Principal Wexler and Coach Tugnut are turning all the students... <laughs> Principal Wexler really? and Coach Tugnut are turning all the students into mindless, respectful zombies, and only Lewis... Or Louis? Lewis? Can save them. Lewis. Yeah, Lewis Stevens. Yeah. You, really, you really put some extra sauce on Coach Tugnut there. You leaned into it. I did. Scary had a little lamb. Scary had a little lamb. Okay, I I don't see any world where this is not. And also, just based on the fact we've had two straight Disney channels, I'm going to go with Scooby-Doo. Oh, I'm sorry. This is a... Uh, oh, it was a trick. Yeah, I mean, metagaming never works. It's what, some, what we have learned over the course of every game I've ever put data done on this uh, show. People try to mm. outsmart the game. It never works. Uh, wow. This is from Good Luck Charlie, which I imagine was after your time watching Disney Channel. Um, That's like right on the outside of my uh, of my. Yeah, area. this would have been the last one that I, I watched uh, before giving up on Disney Channel, I think. Um, it was a fun show. Uh, the plot here is that Teddy and Ivy take Charlie trick-or-treating but after being tricked by the neighborhood, Teddy and Ivy plan revenge. Meanwhile, Mrs. Dabney tricks Gabe so he has to work a full day for her, and PJ goes goth to impress his new girlfriend. Wow. That sounds like a fun act. Yeah, yeah. Do not disturb. 
Hmm. That's a very uh, very vanilla title. I'm not. I'm not gonna let the Disney Channel or the the, the amount of Disney channels that we've had already influence my decision. Do not disturb. Okay, so they're in a hotel, so it could be Zach and Cody. Okay, I'm. I feel good about this. I'm gonna call my shot that it's Zach and Cody, and it's Scooby. Don't. I'm sorry to say Ooh, that. I'm so furious. It is. You're right. It's a vanilla tile because it's actually do d o o not disturb. <laughs> Oh, I hate you so much. Uh, The gang get caught in a snowstorm and have to check into a hotel, which is currently being haunted by the ghost of its original owner, who's returned to enforce her rules. Um, You, you knew what you were doing when you did. Like you thought you, I fell right into your trap. Yes, yeah. Uh, Especially because uh, Sweet Life of Zack and Cody has the best Halloween episode of in the history of Disney Channel. Uh, Really good stuff. but yes, that is that is not uh, a Disney Channel episode. Okay, we, you got three more. Night of the Day of the Dead. Night of the Dead, okay. Night of the Day of the Dead, okay. I don't know of any Disney Channel shows that, like, have... Because it's on a Mexican character... Uh, which I thought may be a possibility. Um, I think I think that this is a situation where Scooby and the gang are experiencing some Mexican culture, and it's a Scooby Doo. I'm sorry, this is from Lizzie McGuire. I am losing my edge. Lizzie, you are correct. Not a Mexican character. Um, (laughs) Lizzie wants (laughs) to become the dungeon mistress for the seventh grade Halloween Fright Night at school. However, Kate becomes the dungeon mistress instead, and Lizzie is forced to become a clown. Peeved by this, Lizzie, Gordo, and Miranda, along with Matt, devise a plan to embarrass and humiliate Kate in front of the whole school. How about that backfires on him? Um, Lizzie's, have you, did, did you watch Lizzie McGuire? Might be a, a little, little bit. Uh, my sister w- was watching it, so she's a little older than me, so I would have watched it when I was a, a very young kid. Yeah. I believe Lizzie's friend Miranda is Latina. Well, so there, there is a possibility that there would be a tie in there. Perfect. Um, the only Lizzie McGuire episode that I remember is the one where she, um, she goes bra shopping for the first time. Mm, and uh, that stuck with you for whatever reason well, yeah i can't imagine why uh, well there is an iconic moment in that episode where uh lizzie her, her her mom is trying to figure out what's wrong with her and she she screams at the top of her lungs i want a bra and that mm. moment specifically is stuck in my head yeah the one that always sticks with me is there's an episode where lizzie's brother matt is trying to learn karate or kung fu and then, I remember that too. I think that's weird. And so, because because Lizzie's dad is played by Robert Carradine. Yes, 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 yes. And so, <laughs> and so he brings in his friend David Carradine. Yes, I remember this. To like teach him kung fu, which is an insane bit that no one who was watching the show would understand. But a great. Yeah, bit. maybe I just have seen that clip at, at like after that. <laughs> Once, I, like somebody must have sent it to me since I would have known. 
I would not have known who David Carradine was when I was a child. <laughs> yeah, it's a it's a classic situation where it's like this, like it's like I'm watching this and it's being presented as like something special. Yeah. So like I know that this is something, but I have no idea what it that is. That was my that was my experience watching Full House as a kid. Is all the the they would do stuff like that all the time, and it'd just be like, "What is this? Oh, this must be a cool thing that adults know about." <laughs> yeah, this must be a person. Um, yeah, my my second favorite thing about David Carradine for sure. <laughs> okay, we have two left. Uh, People's Pet Shop of Terrible Terrors. So did you say? Can you say People's People's Pet Shop of Terrible Terrors? Okay, this could definitely be. This scene has definitely has animated energy. Meeple's mm-hmm. pet shop of terror, but that doesn't feel like a Scooby Doo thing, like the monster. If, I feel like it's a, in a situation where it's like someone goes to a pet shop and they get like a haunted bunny rabbit or whatever, right. which is not a Scooby Doo plot. So I'm going to say Scooby Don't. This is. Uh... Scooby-Doo episode uh, from the most recent oh series in which the gang meet Wanda Sykes at a pet shop where a monster egg has hatched. <laughs> a monster egg? Yeah. <laughs> oh, wow. I started off so strong and now I'm just in the in the turlet. Okay, well, this last one's very hard. Okay. It's going to challenge everything you know, okay? Okay, I'm ready. All right. Torn between two Hannahs. <laughs> this, this seems like an evil trick that you're playing on me. Torn between obvi- two Hannahs. Because there's Hannah Montagna, of course, but then there's also Hannah Barbera. <laughs> um. Oh, this. Okay. What? Okay. Right. My logic now is: which am I gonna feel worse about? If I fall into your trap and say it's Hannah Montana and it's something else and it is Scooby-Doo. No, I will feel worse if I say it's not Hannah Montana and then it is because I overthought it too hard. So I'm going to say it's Hannah Montana, Scooby-Don't. Miley's twin cousin from Tennessee named Luann spends (laughs) Halloween in Malibu with Miley. Then Luann goes to the haunted to the Hollywood Halloween party as Hannah to expose Miley's secret identity. It's crazy that they live in Malibu in that show. I just want to re I just want to reread <laughs> the first three uh, words of this synopsis. <laughs> Miley's twin cousin. <laughs> That's funny. That's really funny. Um good for them. Yeah. They they did it right on that show. Yeah. So that was that was Scooby or not Scooby. Um, don't worry, uh, people have done worse. Um, believe it or not, uh, Cullen got very flustered by this game. <laughs> he, in fact, his was the time that uh, Halloween came up, and he was uh, he was livid to find out that there was a Scooby Doo episode simply titled Halloween. <laughs> oh, that rocks. Um, okay, so back to the episode. Next, it's more Be Cool Scooby-Doo. Be Cool Scooby-Doo. Yes. The witch has returned, and the neighborhood watch has shown up to send every kid home for Halloween. Halloween's canceled. Yes. It's unfortunate. And they're named... 
the the cl- the clones. Yeah, that's right. Yes, the clones. Uh, they've got it's very clearly just uh, um, Frank Welker and Greg Griffin doing like half half hearted uh, like Minnesota accents. Um, <laughs> or like Wisconsin. Yeah, exactly. Uh, and uh, this reminds me. Have you ever seen? This is a deep cut. Have you mm-hmm. ever seen the? Uh, I think it was a Nickelodeon original movie. Um, when good ghouls go bad. I definitely have never heard of that in my life. Yeah. <laughs> um, it's it's, a, it's a, an old one. I don't. I guess maybe a I Fox saw it. Family television film. What's that? Based on a book. It's a Fox Family oh, TV movie oh. based on a book by R.L. Stein. Yes, uh, in that it's a it's a town where Halloween is is they don't celebrate Halloween because of uh, uh, something that happened in the past, a, a traumatic event, right. and uh, and these kids track down like basically the the spirit of Halloween, who's played by Christopher Lloyd, and he has to right. bring uh, Halloween back to back to this town of stuckups. Uh, really fun. I like that movie a lot. Um, uh, I have good news. It's available on YouTube. That's why I think that's where I watched it. Someone, someone <laughs> recommended it, and I was like, okay, I'll, I'll give this a shot. I like Forgotten Media and R.L. Stein. Let's do this. Uh, that's a good, yeah, it's a good uh, time. I would recommend that to anyone. Um, when this comes out, it'll be the Wednesday before Halloween, so there will still be some days left in a in in the the month for spooky time so if you can track that one down i'd recommend it um perfect okay so yeah neighborhood watch shows up they're sending everybody home um and uh and fred is uh he's given up he's um he's sitting dejected on the on the curb and finally tells his friends about this traumatic experience that happened to him in the uh in the past Um, let them know it's the same thing like and i don't think that they they don't like what would your reaction be if if a this happened to you like a like a like a a witch flying on a broom showed up Mm -hmm. of course which is already crazy but then your friend says i've seen this witch before when i was a kid and that that same house and the house disappeared like I feel like yeah, they I, don't um, they don't take the time to unpack this enough with it. <laughs> it's true. They do just sort of accept it implicitly. Yeah, my again, going back to what we were talking about earlier, my main reaction would be like that that exact same way. <laughs> yes. Like that's a crazy coincidence. Like that that is like I mean, especially given all the things that they've seen in their illustrious careers. Yeah. I think that would be the most surprising part of it for me. Um Yeah, it's crazy. Uh Eleven years is the time between. Um, Velma, she's got an idea. She tells everybody about Baba Yaga, the uh, the Russian uh, Russian witch who lives in a house with chicken legs. Um, yes. Believe it or not, this is <laughs> it's it's so funny that this is the first time we've had like a witch that flies on a broom, but it is not the first time that we have had uh, Baba Yaga. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, Baba Yaga kind of, uh, Baba Yaga was having a moment there. It's true, yeah. This is 2015, 2016, so, like, right after, uh, right after John Wick. Yeah, and then, uh, also invoked in, uh, Ant-Man and the Wasp, I believe. Yeah, it's true. Um, 
Bobby Ugg is back. But Scooby-Doo Mystery Incorporated did Bobby Ugg before any of that, just a couple years before. So who's copying who? You know? Whom? Okay. Okay, Velma. (laughs) (laughs) Sorry to have a Velma moment there. (laughs) Um, Yeah, so they, they... she Velma then pulled out her cell phone, a smartphone. Wow, crazy, crazy concept. Um, and uh, and she pu- starts pulling up news stories that show that this has happened all over the United States. Um, and that uh, in every case, every town after this witch shows up decides to pull a when good ghouls go bad and and cancel Halloween permanently. Yeah, the the permanently is what really shocked me there it seems like an overreaction i would say so too i mean i understand getting the kids off of the streets there's some sort of a flying maniac around that's uh that you know i mean the kids will be upset but you gotta do what you gotta do um and also like get the federal authorities involved here yeah yeah well we, we find out later on that the feds have been chasing this witch for 20 years oh that's that's right they have <laughs> that's crazy um so they decide to uh, the the best way to um, the best way to find out more about this witch is to investigate her own house, right? Uh, so they they go back into the house. They find books of old magic and folklore, and uh, they find some, some mercury and other like potion things on the table, and uh, and a map with all of her her uh, Halloween conquests. Um, and then what happens next? The house grows chicken legs. Just a, just a great bit. Yeah. House grows chicken legs. I was, uh, Shaggy and Scooby are stuck on top of it. And, uh, we, we get our chase scene for the episode. Mm Mm-hmm. So is there always, I know like that this is a thing in the original series as well, right? Like, is there always an original song? So the original song, okay, this is actually a great question, because <laughs> uh, this is the the first time that they've written original songs for this the episode, um, because the way it started back in the um, back in at, in Scooby Doo R the original show was just a way to introduce children to the pop music catalogs so that they would you know be tricked into asking their parents to buy a Casey and the Sunshine Band cd or whatever right it's all about uh and that's and that's the casey Kasem connection no casey Kasem, i think just was just just a coincidence. just a coincidence yeah which is funny what? um right. but yeah uh yeah it was just a it's just a, a marketing ploy <laughs> back in the day um and they continued they did that again they brought the music back in what's new scooby-doo but it was also just like jukebox stuff um usually not anything uh like super popular that anybody would know but you know it would be like the the fifth most popular simple plan song or something (laughs) Um, right and they would do that and then but yeah this is the first time that they have written music specifically for the episode which i think works out i like the song yeah i like the song too i mean like it's there's not a ton to it i will say yeah but uh, but I like it. It's like a minute long chasing. <laughs> can't yeah. Uh, can't put that much into it. But yeah, it's a fun little Halloween bop, for sure. 
Um, they put like a, a, yeah, a film grain filter over this sequence. <laughs> yeah, for unspecified reasons. Yeah, like I feel like the lyrics are mostly just like, it's Halloween, <laughs> yeah. it's Halloween. But, you know, that's fun. Um, it is Halloween. It is. It is. Uh, now they've, they've really given up after this point. Um, they've gone back to the, the uh, <laughs> spend the night in and... Um, and uh, they're like, well, what are we gonna do? What, what, what can we do? You know, the it's a giant, uh, giant house. It's it's now disappeared at this point, and um, they failed. Yeah, they've really been defeated, and there's no coming back. This town is never going to celebrate Halloween again, and it's their fault. This town. Uh, oh wait, no, wait. Is is Newtown the name of the town? Newtown is, or is the, that a fake town? Newtown is the next town that they are going I to. I see. Because uh, they because Velma starts uh, starts filming again and talking about how maybe this is a good thing because you know the, the no more gross commercialization of Halloween. Uh, mm-hmm. This is good. Now all of, all of the <laughs> members of this suburban town are going to spend. Uh, October 31st doing what they're supposed to be which is observing the autumn solstice and, and the harvest festival <laughs> yes praising the pagan exactly. gods um, yeah I think I I think I had it in my head at some point like when, when it cut to them in this like other town in my head I was like oh they made a fake town and that's like how they're gonna trap the witch but that's not the case I think I just invented no that. yeah because the, what 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 the Velma's uh, Velma's party pooping has inspired Fred to uh to rethink the whole thing yeah and he's uh he realizes that they can stop the witch by going to the next town on her map uh which is Newtown. um and uh that's what they do they go to this this town and the 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 witch house has to stop because fred is blocking the road uh you know having a bit of a hero moment with his chest puffed out and everything and what did you think of his like, uh, his action movie line here? What, what does he say? I so the witch comes down. out and she's like, uh, she's like, "What's up? Uh, you 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 found me. Good for you." And he says, um, "Yeah, I found you. And just like any chicken, you're gonna have to cross the cross road the to the other side." <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, the specific invocation of the other side was funny to me, yeah. like. Like I, I think we would understand if like, like this chicken's not gonna cross the road. Yeah, exactly. It's, it, that's that's maybe enough. A, not to punch up, not to punch up. Uh, be cool, Scooby Doo. But I think maybe that's the way. <laughs> but he's saying like, this chicken's not getting to the other side because I'm in the way of it. It's maybe a little it's, sweaty. It's, it's a bit of a hat on a hat. <laughs> <laughs> Precisely. But and and you know he had the jump, so he had time to think of this. Yeah, he he prepared this line for sure. Um, Shaggy and Scooby pop out of the bushes and they uh, spill candy all over the road. Um, and the just it's a, it's a good bit because you know it's a it's like toppling over an ATAT, right? Um, yes. And they uh, they the, the the giant chicken leg slips on the candy and falls over, and destroys the house. It's that simple. Just because I know you'll get uh, letters about this, it's more of an ATST because it has the two sort of chicken legs. Right. Yeah, of course. Uh, dang it, man. 
Not to Velma, you. Well, no, no, you're right, because, I mean, my millions of listeners are, are they've got their pen and paper ready at all times. They, yeah, they're going to write in. Yeah, and they will. They will. Um, at the very least, I can think of one uh, past and future guest who would have uh, would have criticized me on that. So. Would have taken you to task. Exactly, so thank you for doing that. Um, but uh, <laughs> um, they take out the the house and the witch comes out to intimidate fred on her on her own and he's not taking it he's not taking the bait yeah i i liked this as a moment because like i guess that's like this is not new for scooby-doo right because it's sort of the whole idea is that they're afraid of the monster but it's all ultimately smoke and mirrors and like there's nothing really to be afraid of and once they realize that, it's like when they can beat the monster, right? Like that's sort of a, a recurring idea. Yeah, and it's a, it's a fun. Um, it's also fun to remember that like, the monsters basically never intend any actual bodily harm. <laughs> yeah, they've they've no they ultimately have no power, yeah, which is why like I I like this moment where it's like, it's Fred facing his fear in a very like physical way. Yes. And realizing that, like, ultimately, like, the fear was never founded and that you you can defeat this person very, very easily. It's very thematically powerful and significant. It's rich. Yeah. Um, and, it, and he says, and then he says it's her turn to be a friend, yes, which, yeah, is, they, uh, which is great. Uh, zombie Velma and zombie Velma Daphne come crawling out of the, uh, <laughs> the leaves and they, they, they're freaking out the witch. And this is a really good moment. Yeah. I liked it a lot. This is, and and Velma's getting it on the phone. Yeah, yeah. letting her hair down a little bit. <laughs> it's good. This is this is a great moment. I like this part a lot. Um, they, uh, they, yeah, they scare her and eventually capture her and uh, time to call the police. Classic stuff. Um, which is interesting. Uh, because I'm just thinking to myself what the crime actually is that is being committed. Well, <laughs> um, ter- ter- terrorism? Guess, yeah, <laughs> domestic terrorism. <laughs> but like te- terror in the traditional exactly. sense. Yeah. They were invoking terror. Um, yeah, so they called the police and we have our unmasking moment. And the witch is in fact Mrs. Clune from the Neighborhood Watch. Wow. Also, um, sorry, just to quickly add that the cop characters are the same yes. cops as from Fred's childhood. Yes, I noted that. Which too. makes no sense on any level. <laughs> I, I, I can't tell if that they simply didn't want to have to come up with a different model or they they intended it to be the same cops. Uh, I like that it's the same yeah. guys. <laughs> it's a great... Because, like, you know, they've, they've been hunting this witch for it's a while true, as well. It's true, it's um, true. It is wild, because, like, we've established that this is the same people who have... Like, because it's also the uh, the the male neighborhood watch guys is operating the house. Yes. Um, but, and we've established that they are the same from 11 years ago when, when Freddy was a kid. But then also, they the cops say that they've been chasing the witch for 20 years and these two do not look very old <laughs> it's true they would have had to start as like teenagers yeah. and, the, and on the map you see there's a lot of different uh a, they've been doing this a long different time. places that got yeah. hit i guess they could have started in their early 20s sure 
I guess they, yeah, they could pass as, as being in their forties, I guess. They live an active lifestyle. Yeah, it's true. It's definitely true. They moisturize well. Um, yeah. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, we gotta, we gotta talk about what was happening behind the scenes here. So let's talk about the house first. Yes. The house is a the good. It's just that it is that they are hydraulic legs yes. that are masked to look like chicken legs, yeah. uh, which Fred Fred says that he's done the same with the mystery machine. Yeah, I did like that part. I thought that was a funny bit because every time that they they've ever done like now the the mystery machine can glide like a hang glider or whatever like like right. the uh it's it's a it's a very 21st century um a scooby-doo thing of the mystery machine has has upgrades um so i thought i thought right. it was fun to be like yeah any any person could do this fred did it <laughs> but yeah it's a yeah it's a house on uh hydraulic legs um yeah, but then they say it allowed them to move yes. from town to yes. town easily. That is where it doesn't make any sense. <laughs> because it certainly doesn't seem very stealthy, I would say. And also, like, so, like, the whole, because the whole conceit of this is that they sort of join the community, they blend in, they become the neighborhood watch, yeah. and then on Halloween they sort of make their move. So they just never have people over to their house. And also... They live in this house that is like a witch's house. That's probably occupied fifty percent by hydraulic legs. That are, <laughs> <you know? laughs> yeah, the basement is just full of machinery. Yeah. yeah, it is that I find the the fact that they infiltrate the community for a year to be a fascinating angle to this. <laughs> yes, I really I like that part. That like this is like it's an inside job in a major yeah. way. Um, which is it's 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 fun. I really loved the explanation for the witch's broom. Um, yes. So they, ha- they have this this concoction of mercury and, I don't know, some mumbo-jumbo nonsense that is what powers the thing um, and creates the green flame. And at first I was like, okay, I mean, I guess not attempting to explain how something flies is not new territory for Scooby-Doo. They really uh, kind of brush past that a lot. Um, but then, egg on my face, they had a great explanation. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. Which is that the, uh, the the broom is hollow on the inside and is motorized to zip along power lines. Yeah, that's... I, I love that. It was really great. Really great concepts and i liked the i liked the copper it's like oh yeah copper green exactly. you know about this yeah. yeah and i was like i was like yeah this is like kind of a this is a bit of a science lesson they do yeah good work i give that a big thumbs up for sure uh, really good work the actual motivation is confusing i would say but um yes it's a little it's a problem for them i would say that they can only hit one town per exactly. year with this yeah. method the, the idea is that they are like velma they think they hate the commercialization yes. of halloween and they want to eradicate they... it from the united states yes they are basically just literally druids yeah and they're gonna do it one town at a time and so i guess it's uh it's pretty interesting that there's sort of an ironic element that she's dressing up as the classical halloween witch yes 
in order to scare people because like that's what people are afraid of because of this crass commercialization exactly. they're giving into what they uh, hate and using it as their as, to their own advantage yeah and then and um and then we get a bit of a there's a bit of a redemption moment for Velma here. i like this part yeah um yeah she uh she admits that you know even she likes candy yeah and she also says like i talk a big game and it's like well i do better velma <laughs> exactly. i want you to be better <laughs> you don't have to talk the big game that's the thing <laughs> yeah. people would you like can, you, you could talk a smaller <laughs> game people would want to be your friend if you were just like oh sure i'm not really that into halloween but i'll hang out with you anyway <laughs> like, yeah come on but then the cheats and candy they all eat candy and scooby says happy halloween and that's it in his scooby voice is is there was there a pun they could have done like because like he says it in the scooby dooby doo yes. intonation but like could they have, is there something there uh scooby dooby dalloween spooky spooky doo spooky dooby doo isn't bad spooky dooky doo <laughs> <laughs> That is nothing. <laughs> yeah, or I guess, Scooby, I guess Scooby Dooby Boo. Spooky Dooby Boo. That's a bit of a maybe killed the yeah. Lily pick Lily. one or the other. Maybe it's just happy. No. Happy Halloween is the is the way it's, to go. It's here. definitely uh, yeah. It's it tracks the easiest. I would say. Definitely yes. Okay, we we've discussed the episode. We did it. We talked about Halloween. We have. Um, we're going to rank it, but first, we have to play another game. Well, Please. you get to play another game. <laughs> yeah, precisely. So this one is called Jinkies or Stinkies. And yes, I saw, I heard about yes, this. The, uh, the way this game works is I have six stories or facts relating to a topic in the episode, some of which will be true, which is a jinky and some will be fake which is a stinky Um, so it's up to you to determine the difference Um, oh boy the topic of course is going to be Halloween alright here we go the concept of trick or treating can be traced back to Celtic England for the tradition of souling every year on what was then called All Souls Day Poor people would visit the homes of the wealthy and be given homemade soul cakes, is what they were called, in exchange for the promise to pray for their dead. The Irish, however, did things a little differently. They didn't care about prayers for the dead, but rather derived glee from having the poor embarrass themselves. Their version of the tradition was called guising and had the poor dress up in costume and perform a trick like a little song or dance in exchange for money or food. Huh. I mean, it sounds deeply cruel, on one hand, but the uh, the ruling class you can never trust them. Okay, so I I believe I believe some elements of this, but also like, do I trust you not to like take the truth and then tweak it to make it? No, I I'm gonna go jinkies on this this one is true um it is an uncharitable view of the tradition but i mean (laughs) that's what it is you know like that's what they had them do (laughs) Um, okay 
Undeniably, no matter which survey you take, the most hated Halloween candy is candy corn. So why then is there so much of it? Well, it's cheap to make and easy to store on shelves. Reportedly 15 million tons of candy corn goes on sale each year to its inevitable resting place of an office candy dish and then the trash can. But much of it goes unsold. Harold Blomstadt, the chief production officer of the Billings Candy Company, says that if they overproduce candy corn (laughs) that doesn't end up being sold to stores, they simply freeze it and use it in their production run the following year. He says that theoretically candy corn made 15 years ago would taste exactly the same as candy corn produced a month ago. And there's simply no telling where the candy you buy off the clearance shelf at Walgreens was actually minted. Oh, boy. <laughs> okay. I... Oh. I don't... I think the thing is that I don't want to believe this. It's the... Is the first you eat a lot of candy corn? I... I mean, everyone hates candy corn. That's well established. I'm not a contrarian in that regard. But I, I don't think that's. It seems like something someone would say about candy corn. Like, the the idea that is it is like old and stale and being recycled. I think is playing into the perception of candy corn as like a very stale piece of food. And for that reason, I believe this to be a stinky. This is a stinky. I made it up. Whew. The Bill- the Billings Candy Corporation. Your third. Really. Yeah. It really got. Your third of the way through with hundred percent. Wow. Let's keep. Well, this is where I fell off afterwards. Let's keep it going. Let's see. In nineteenth century America, Halloween had made it to Massachusetts, but under a different name. Cabbage night, as they called it, was adapted from an old Scottish tradition in which young girls would would use cabbage stumps to tell their fortunes and discover who would one day be their future husband. In America, they bypassed the fortune-telling element entirely and simply used cabbage night as an opportunity for mischievous teens to throw cabbages at their neighbors' houses. Oh, boy. Cabbage night. I'm not familiar with cabbage night um god this seems like the 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 invocation of massachusetts specifically and the connection to salem there makes it seem like we're sort of trying to uh trying to create a halloween idea there and so that could be an intentional element the use of the word cabbage is wild. And for those reasons, I'm going to call this a sticky. I'm sorry. This is a true <laughs> fact. No, that can't this be. Is jinky. It's true. Yeah. Yep. It's real. Um, <sighs> cabbage night would eventually become uh, what is known in New Jersey as mischief night, which is the night before Halloween where teenagers are given free reign to just just be obnoxious and throw eggs and toilet right. and stuff. But yes, this is this is a real thing. This did happen. Yeah, okay. Oh, I, I don't like that. In 2012, a Florida Marine has been out drink ha, has been out having some drinks on Halloween night. 
He was out at a restaurant and saw a man in an army uniform and sitting in a wheelchair, ordering food. He got up to his feet and started verbally, uh, verbally accosting this man, accusing him of using the outfit and the wheelchair for a bad Halloween costume, which he didn't find very funny. He swung at the guy and missed, and then pushed the guy over, causing him to hit his head on the concrete floor, leaving him unconscious for approximately ten minutes. It turns out that this was not a Halloween costume at all, and the man was indeed a disabled army veteran who was just trying to have a night dining out. The veteran recovered, and the Marine was arrested. Hmm. See, the thing... The thing about this one is that it is... It has the tenor of a, like, urban legend, specifically in that, like, details about a person are invoked, but their name is never invoked. I've been using the word invoked a lot on this, um... So just go back and check that out as a Easter egg. Um, yeah, the fact that the Marine is not named like the president of the Billings Candy Corporation was is leaning me to think that this is not true. Um, I mean, and, and again, the use of Florida... The classic Florida man feels... But again, that wasn't true of Massachusetts, so... I don't know. My, my, my gut is saying that this is a stinky, but I would not be surprised if it was a jinky. But I'm going with stinky. This is a jinky. Um, <clears throat> oh! As I said before, um, the ultimate tripping up is trying to outsmart the game. I was, I was just thinking with my brain. I know, I'm just saying, you know, uh, the... the yeah, I could have put names in for sure, but why would I when I didn't have to? Mm -hmm. And maybe that would trip you up. Maybe having the names would trick you. I don't know. Mm -hmm. Who knows? All right, you got two more. You're at 50-50 so far. <clears throat> this, is, this is just like last time. <clears throat> One famous film fun fact is that the... Oh. <laughs> Sorry, I'm sorry. <laughs> hey, I tried very hard to, to get those four eggs out in a row. <laughs> One famous film fun fact is that the Michael Myers mask in the original Halloween is a repurposed William Shatner mask from his Star Trek costume. Fact, we all know this. The mm. janky homebrew nature of that mask only adds to its appeal in the film. But what does Shatner Jankies. think of all of this? Apparently, he did not know for a few years after the movie came out until someone told him at a party. He went to the producers, who were then working on Halloween 3, Season of the Witch, and demanded that if they were going to continue to use his likeness, he would need some compensation. The producer, Deborah Hill, explained that Myers would not be featured in Halloween 3, and agreed in a handshake deal that if they ever used the character again, Shatner would be given 0.5% of all merchandise sales. Michael Myers eventually did appear in Halloween 4 and every subsequent film beyond, and to this date, Shatner has not seen a single dime, something which he said in a 2009 interview still leaves a sour taste in his mouth. That's the, that's, that's the story? That's the story. Um, okay, <clears throat> so I know sub-elements of this. I know he didn't know originally that it was his face obviously you know that i know that he was not in halloween 3 and he appeared in halloween 4 yes. yep 
And I, knew, I know uh, the mask. <laughs> mm-hmm. So you could have, you could have been including those elements to again to, to trip me up. Um. But the thing about him never getting paid, because I know that there's another story where like John Carpenter met him at a convention, and he like said hi to him, but William Shatner's like whatever. Um. And maybe that's based around some bad blood. Okay. So at the end of the day, the question is, did he make money off this or not? And I think that he ultimately didn't because you would probably hear about it more if he the did. Like, question, yeah, he actually made... The question is, was the story that I just read to you true? I, I know. I know that that's what the question is. I'm going to say that this is a jinky. This is a stinky? As far as I know, he what? never went to the producers and asked for money. That That's the part that was a... Oh. Well, the whole rest of it is fake, too, then. Because he never could have gotten any money if he never got, ups, like, got upset and asked for it. But it's true that he never got any money, right? That's true. I, I mean, as far as I know. <laughs> oh, my gosh. I despise you. <laughs> I did intentionally write... A Michael Myers one for you. Uh, because you knew that... I knew that you, you would uh, come in with... with take exactly. the bait. Yeah. You are so... You're such a bad guy. Okay, this is the last one. You can make yourself back to 50-50. <laughs> Get <laughs> Thank this one you. Right. Oh. Every year since 2011, Jimmy Kimmel has subjected the world to a sick, twisted Halloween prank where he asks parents with no souls to tell their children that they ate all their Halloween candy and record their misery for the entertainment of millions. Well, one such child, or should I say victim, Dylan Sanchez, is not a child anymore. <laughs> he was in the original video at the age of six and is now 17 years old and has had enough of Jimmy Kimmel. He believes the prank to be needlessly cruel and is threatening to sue Kimmel for emotional distress if he does not publicly apologize for his years of inciting emotional rifts between families. And that's it. That's it. it. <laughs> oh, I... My absolute gut is... No way. Well, I mean, I would have said there's Just... no way that the Nirvana baby would ever sue a Nirvana, but, you know. That's true. <laughs> Anything goes these days. Apparently, I. <laughs> but the fact that you had that example so so quickly at hand makes me question. I, 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 there's no way, there's no way that this is like an actual thing. Like maybe. It's a stinky. It's a stinky. It's a stinky. Yes, good job. <laughs> oh, thank <laughs> I hate those stupid videos. They're terrible. They drive me insane. I think. They, I think that that is the popular fidget. I think they're funny. <laughs> wow. Wow. Or do you have no I soul to... The, I enjoy the pain of children. Fair enough, I guess. What That's can I say? Um, well, that was Jinkies and Stinkies, which means it's a, it's time for a ranking of Be Cool Scooby-Doo Season 2, Episode 7, Halloween. So on our heavy metal tier list, we got five tiers. Starting from the bottom is the rut row tier that is the <laughs> bottom of the bottom the worst of the worst pretty self-explanatory up from that is the mm-hmm. scooby dumb tier that's uh episodes that are dumb not good but you know 
we we, we don't abhor them <laughs> i guess mm-hmm. uh Certainly. up from that is the uh middle of the road that's the just another mystery tier for episode that's just like any other episode but doesn't do anything bad but doesn't do anything special up from that is the groovy tier groovy is for episodes we like a lot they're really fun stand out but are just not quite good enough to make it into the cream of the crop the best of the best the golden scoob tier <laughs> what are we thinking for halloween um and it the second <clears throat> tier is, is groovy. groovy is the one yeah yeah i think this is a i think this is a groovy tier app. i think so too um i like the witch i like the way she is designed yeah. i like that there is some some depth to the story yeah. like hearkening it back to fred's past is a cool idea um you know obviously there are some maybe factual concerns but i also i like the way the house looks with the legs and stuff yeah. i think that's cool as well um yeah, yeah. and I, li- I like what scooby and shaggy were up to so i think it's all around a, a, a thumbs up i agree i agree this is going straight into groovy all right what's the what does the distribution look like on these tiers uh groovy and and the middle tier are are pretty much have the most uh there's a couple we've not gotten a rut row yet that's the is there one that has not been occupied there's i think two or maybe three in um the golden scoop tier at the moment wow um well fantastic yeah. um i can can i just add one piece of information that i uh by all means i discovered so gray delisle yes famously the voice of daphne yes. Has been for a while. Uh, also, yes, in her uh, in her Wikipedia profile picture, looks a lot like Velma, because she she has a dark sort of bob haircut and is wearing an orange shirt. But the real thing that I discovered on her Wikipedia page is the following: Delisle has also done some modeling. She appears on the cover art for the 2017 Nintendo Switch game One Two Switch as the woman in the upper right corner what? with her. With her nose doctored to be larger than it actually is. <laughs> what? And if you go, if you yeah. go to the cover art, she it does have a markedly large nose. The woman, which is Great Alile, in the corner, it, it, she does have a prominent nose. That is that. That is insane, actually. Um, because I, I mean, like I've seen the cover for this game before, and I know what Great Delisle looks like uh never ever would have guessed that was her because it doesn't look like her she's got (laughs) her nose nose is is too big why would they do that Uh. (laughs) why why would many many questions (laughs) why is she on the cover of one two switch why did they doctor her nose that is so weird (laughs) it's just just something I discovered in my travels that I wanted to share with the with the heavy metal audience. Oh, she's no longer Grey Griffin. I didn't realize that she had divorced her husband. She's back to Delia. Ah. Very interesting. No well, best of luck to yeah. her. Yeah. She's uh, well, wait. just joined the Simpsons to replace Russie Taylor as the voice of Martin Prince and Sherry and Terry. Cheers. Yeah. She... Wow, she had a child. Well, I, I don't want to get into this. She had a child at age forty-three. Just interesting. That's crazy. 
She's crazy. She's, but anyway, what a life she's lived. What a life. She very well could. Um, <clears throat> I mean, she's she's been around longer than Lillard, so she's like the uh, the elder. She's states the elder person. states, yeah, person. I guess <laughs> um, other than Frank Welker, obviously. So she could be around for a very long time because she's still very young. Uh, you know, comparatively, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> right. She is in her late forties, yeah. but you know, let's not let's not age. I'm just shame. saying, compared to, to she's already been doing it for twenty years, and, and uh, yeah, Welker did it for fifty, so she could make it to fifty years of Daphne all on her own. Um, but uh, yeah, we've basically done this. Uh, do you have anything that you would like to plug for the audience or anything like that? Yeah, I do actually. I you can follow me on Twitter at Jan. I have a podcast that I do with my brother about comic books called Got the Runs. <laughs> uh, we great. just finished covering the, the work of Scott McCloud, uh, which is really exciting. And also I have a, a sports podcast with my friend Griffin called High Floor Low Ceiling. So just, just go to my Twitter and you can find all those links or subscribe to Got the Runs wherever you get your podcasts. It's a great time, in my opinion. Absolutely, do that, everybody. Um, do you have a? Because this is coming out at Halloween time. Do you have mm-hmm. a Halloween recommendation for anyone who might be listening? Um, I think I I've been really meaning to rewatch The Exorcist because I think that might be my favorite uh, horror movie of any sort. I saw a. A double feature. Oh wait, actually no. That there, I I saw one double feature that was, I believe, The Exorcist and The Devil's Advocate, <laughs> which was not great. Uh, specifically, The Devil's Advocate element of it. Yeah. Uh, but The Exorcist, a great Absolutely. film, very scary in my opinion. I I am of the mind that I like my horror movies to to scare me as much as possible. What a so. crazy concept. I I am a big fan of that one. Well, great. Uh, Exorcist, great recommendation. I would throw out um, any of the Universal horror movies, um, preferably Mm -hmm. the ones directed by James Whale, so the Frankensteins. Those are great. Uh, That would be my recommendation. I've been meaning to throw some of those on now that we're into October now, and... um, as for me, if you would like to follow me on Twitter, you can do so at the Real Brundine. You can follow the show at Heavy Metal Pod. Obviously, um, subscribe if you would like to hear more. And if you like the show, tell your friends about it because it is a niche podcast for sure, which makes it hard to uh, to gain new listeners. But I I feel that you don't need to care that much about scooby-doo to enjoy this show (laughs) so (laughs) you know uh yeah if you like the show just tell some friends that's the best way to to spread a podcast like this is word of mouth and then um Mm -hmm. yeah we'll be back next week it's a weekly show every week we cover a different episode from any era of scooby-doo so it could be anything and as always to all you meddling kids out there Remember to stay groovy. Ooh, 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 ooh. I gotta have some time to make my mind up. Love is good. Gotta be sure I like what I can see. <laughs> <laughs>